Now, the window world of Northeast Florida fifth quarter on 1010XL. Presented by Osteen, Volvo, and Volkswagen. And Dr. George Bari and Bari Orthopedics. From Players Grill Mandarin, here are your hosts, Ryan the Hacker Green, Leon Searcy, and Coach Campo. Right, showing blitz, they come again, he dropped. Fires left side way too high. Incomplete. Evan Ingram was way well covered. The ball goes over on downs. The Titans will take a knee a few times. And the Jags will be turned away here at Nissan Stadium. Frank Frangie on the call, Jaguars Radio. And with that, a very... I don't know if it's a good Sunday evening, but it's a Sunday evening here in the city of Jacksonville. It is the window world of Northeast Florida fifth quarter. We're brought to you by Dr. George Barry and Barry Orthopedics and Osteen Volkswagen. And we're live at our home, Players Grill, Mandarin 10-140 San Jose Boulevard as the Jacksonville Jaguars fall today to the Tennessee Titans to end the, to me, the greatest collapse six-week collapse to ever end a Jacksonville Jaguars season from eight and three and a legitimate contender for the number one seed in the AFC playoffs to now cleaning out their lockers tomorrow. The magnitude of the disappointment in this city right now is at an all-time high with the head coach Dave Campo and the pro bowler Leon Searcy. I'm the hacker Ryan Green and Leon we got two hours to Mm. convey our thoughts uh, after the game ended, I just kind of sat in my man cave and just kind of stared at the TV for about 15 minutes, not really sure what to do. How we went from 8-3 and three well, to the lockers being cleaned out tomorrow is absolutely astonishing. Well, heck, it's an epic fail in my opinion, to be quite honest with you. I don't know how I fell after the game. You know why? Because we've been seeing this for the last six weeks. I mean, it was nothing new that we haven't been seeing. We, we were talking about the inconsistencies of this team, the lack of accountability on this team, the lack of intensity, aggression, execution, all that. All these things led up to this point to where it just showcased all of what we talked about for the last six weeks in one game. Everything that we talked about how this team lost this game against Cleveland or Cincinnati or the Ravens all amounted to one play, one game against the Titans where it was winning all in. So, I mean, they showed, they, they, showed their, they showed their true face for what we've been talking about for the last six weeks in one game. Everything that we talked about, Coach had a list of all the things that they did wrong in the game. We've been talking about this team's inconsistencies on both sides of the ball all, all year long, especially from, from when they were the number one seed until they started losing football games. So, for me, I just felt like, listen, it was, it was more than deserving of them to, be, to lose this game. You if know, they, if they could not beat the Titans – if they could not beat the Titans, more than deservingly, they should be home right now, which they are right now, on the plane back to Jacksonville. They're cleaning out their lockers tomorrow as we bring in the head coach, Dave Campo. And, Coach, I know you've had disappointing outcomes in your tenure in the National Football League as an assistant and as a head coach, but good gracious, uh, what an abysmal effort today for a large portion of a must-win game. Yeah, that was a tough one today. And, and uh, you know, you got to give some uh, kudos to uh, – the uh, Tennessee Titans because I think they came out uh, fired up and ready to roll and I don't think we met their intensity especially early you know in the run game we were out of gaps uh, you know they hit a couple of runs on us early that that screen pass that they threw out that quick screen out to Spears I mean that was ridiculous there were five guys took shots at them and missed all of them so 
Uh, I don't think there was something missing, obviously, uh, something missing at the end of the season here. Uh, and, and I think that's going to be a something that they're going to have to uh, look themselves in the mirror as coaches, number one, and number two, as, you know, are we bringing the right guys in here? Because that's going to be a, a big thing going forward. I've been in those, you know, even here in Jacksonville. You know, we won. We went to the playoffs. Mm -hmm. uh, we won the first game in 2005. Then we went 8-8 eight eight the second year. But the third year we came back, I believe we were 11-5, and five, something like that. Uh, and so, you know, it can be done. I mean, next year is next year. But what they're doing right now is, was very inconsistent, like Leon said. From well, the well, Coach, let me ask you this question. When they, when they were 8-3 and three and they were the number one seed in the NFL, and we start seeing the, uh, the disparity in their play, you know, their lack of execution in their play, and we're old school. We tend to believe that uh, what's allowed during practice actually shows up during the game. Why wasn't all this stuff that we've been talking about so fluently about this team, why wasn't it rectified in practice? That, They're holding these guys accountable to not to be playing the way they've been playing the, down think, the stretch. I think there's two two things there. Number one, uh, it, it behooves the coaching staff in each individual unit, not mm -hmm. the head coach all the time, because the head coach's message a lot of times is just, you know, uh, Doug is even keeled. But when you're in that meeting room now, you know, that's your guys. When you're the secondary coach or you're the offensive line coach, mm -hmm. those are your guys. And, and it, it behooves you to, to come across with the accountability part of it. On the other, number two, is that I think the really good football teams have at least one guy in each of those rooms that says, hey, look, we're not doing things right here. We better get our stuff going or else this is going to be an un ugly ending. Alpha uh, male, ending. alpha male. Yeah, and I don't think they have that right now. Mm -hmm. And and they got to come up with something there for sure because Doug Peterson week in and week out has said, you know, uh, execution and practice. That's come up over and over and over again, just like you said. I don't plan on holding a whole lot back tonight. The defense was awful. Uh, it was an embarrassing performance by the Jaguar defense, abysmal. Um, I don't know what you do about that necessarily. I don't know about, you know, the future of, of some of the staff on the defense, but that was bad today. It was a terrible defensive performance. Offensively, I thought they did some nice things. There were some nice moments. Um, obviously, we're going to get to Trevor Lawrence, and we might as well get to him right now. Trevor had some nice moments. Overall, Trevor was outplayed today by Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill outplayed Trevor Lawrence. Ryan Tannehill, who's going into the offseason contemplating retirement, probably not coming back to Tennessee. Trevor Lawrence, who was a generational player, as we referred to him as, coming into the year, and he was the second-best quarterback on the field today. Um, it's going to be an interesting offseason because Trevor's due for an extension, and I threw this out on social media. Let me throw my hat into the ring right now. There is no way, shape, or form. <laughs> that I am giving Trevor Lawrence hundreds of millions of dollars based on that. Now, I'm not ready to get rid of him, and I'm not ready to say that he's not the guy, but if his agent walks into Trent Baalke or whoever and demands Joe Burrow-esque money, I'm going to laugh him out of the room based on the way this season ended. Well, hey, listen, I agree with you totally, Hack. I mean, he did not perform well today. I think the mass majority of it was his receivers let him down. His receivers dropped a lot of passes. They should have caught a lot of play calling, especially down the stretch with the, the diving for the end zone. That was just a travesty of a play. But if you don't pay him, I agree with you, Hackett. I wouldn't, I wouldn't pay him, but who are you going to replace him with? 
That's the question. Oh, you don't. But do you have him for two more years? Well, you three have him for more two years. more years. You you have him for two more years. You're absolutely you right. You got him four years. You got you the got option him. for five, and you can franchise him for six. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But the the la- the most important piece of any team is the quarterback. Agreed. And, and upsetting the most important piece in your on your team is 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 uh is life threatening. Well, that could be a <laughs> sticky situation, coach. Yes. And again, we have the entire offseason yeah. to talk about that. The Jaguars were embarrassed in Nashville today, which is what we'll get to. For the most part, but you got to figure out Josh Allen's a free agent. Calvin Ridley's a free agent. You know, Tyson Campbell and Andre Sisco are going to be up for extensions. It is going to be a crazy offseason in that regard. And you got to figure out what money you're allocating to Trevor. Burrow got his extension after year three. Herbert got his extension after year three. They both made mega millions in L.A. and Cincinnati, respectfully. Are you going to pay Trevor based on what you saw this year? Well, I think it's a sticky situation, like you said. I think some of it, I think, uh, you know, I I would think that the agent would be somewhat uh, understanding of the fact that he's been hurt for the last five weeks in one way, shape, or form. So, uh, you know, he's going to come in and they're going to say this and that, and I think they're going to end up doing something. I'm not sure they're going to give him borough money, though. Uh, and, look, again, I'm never going to be confused for an offensive coordinator, Leon. People get paid the big bucks to do that. And I guess you get paid the big bucks on third and goal from the one-yard line to do a quarterback rollout where you're throwing the ball to either Luke Farrell or Brenton Strange. Now, let's not get Evan Ingram involved at the goal line. Let's not get Zay Jones involved at the goal line. Let's not get Calvin Ridley involved in the goal line. Your season's on the line, third and goal from the one, and you do a quarterback rollout where your two options on that side of the field are Luke Farrell and Brenton Strange, and then on fourth and goal from a, from a yard and a half out, you try to have your six-foot-six quarterback reach the ball over because you had a calendar year to figure out short yardage. Mm-hmm. In fact, they used a third-round pick on yeah. a short yardage back in Tank Bigsby, and none of that seemed to matter because you're still the worst short yardage team in the NFL. Well, heck, I mean, we've been talking about this all year, and it, it came to slap us in the face in, in the most crucial time of the moment of the game that we were trying to tie it up. But we, this offensive line, there's no, they don't have any confidence in this offensive line to get a yard or two when it means the most. That's why you run plays like that. That's why you run rollouts. That's why you run – you have Trevor diving for the one-and-a-half-yard line to get a yard to score a touchdown. Because interiorly, offensively, you, you don't believe you got the horses up front to get it done. I tell you what the Jaguars need to do when the offseason hits, whoever is the top center or the top guard in free agency, you need to go after them in some capacity. Because Lou Fortner and your man Sheriff, they get overwhelmed. They can't block when it comes to the crucial times of the game. And that's important. We've been talking about this all year long, especially – hey, listen, what, 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 I, what irritated me the most was when they would be in short yardage and be in shotgun. And then they run some ridiculous play and don't get it. And then their fourth down shows up and they do the same thing. So, listen, I, this is like Groundhog's Day. I've been watching this game for the last seven weeks, and I'm not surprised the outcome – turned out the way it was this game coach my poor son had to deal with my wrath if I saw one more pass into the flat to Travis Etienne where he got crushed after a one yard gain I was going to lose my mind it's as if like they just thought oh we've run this play four times it hasn't worked but they'll never guess it's coming a fifth time the play calling press Taylor my man um I don't know I don't know man well there's been some issues obviously and and uh the thing that bothers me a little bit about the one on the goal line is that uh, I'm a firm believer if you throw the ball, you throw it when you have to. 
You know, when you get inside the red zone, you know, they scored three out of three in the red zone, and it was because they ran the ball down in there. Mm -hmm. You know, and we actually ran the ball. We had a third and two just before that goal line situation where we ran Bigsby for three yards, got Mm -hmm. the first down. I would have, you know, I mean, obviously, uh, hindsight's 20-20, but I would have tried at least one good run at the goal line and see if we could get this thing in there. Uh, you know, it's it really kind of disappointing when you when you look at that part of it. it it's just awful. And, and, again, you had a calendar year. They knew short yardage was a problem last year. They did nothing, and that gets me to Trent Baalke. And I've actually defended Trent Baalke. Did I want Trent Baalke fired two years ago? Yes, I did. I'm not going to throw stones in a glass house. No, I was not a guy that dressed up in a clown suit to go out to Everbank Stadium and voice my opinion on Trent Baalke. I thought that was a little over the top. And I know that Balky used the clown movement as motivation. Remember the Hunt series that came out on Jaguars.com? Well, you better start using more motivation because I don't blame the clown suits for coming back out. Last year, the Jaguars went 9-8. and eight. We're down 27-0 on Wild Card Weekend, came back and won the game, and it's as if Trent Balky said, we're good. They did nothing in the offseason to help this team. Nothing. When your most valuable free agent acquisition was a kicker that Denver cut in May, and Brandon McManus, they did nothing to improve the team and their draft picks, goodness gracious. Other than Anton Harrison, and at the very end of the year, a little bit of Antonio Johnson, this draft class did nothing. Bro, 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 shame on us for believing them. I mean, there was no real outrage when free agency went by, when we got in the draft and we got offensive, we got a right tackle, which was – Anton Harrison was a solid commodity. Then we went after the tight end and we got a running back. Free agency hit. You know, got veterans who are out there. No need. We're going to develop these guys. We're going to be fine. We bought into all that. There was no, there was no ruckus. There was no fire. There was no pitchforks. Uh, they, no, no one was going to the bank, you know, to storm the castle. And we believed them. And, and when we got to 8-3 and three in the number one seed, we celebrated. We celebrated. But somewhere down the stretch – some of that stuff that we, we turned that back on and thought we were good with, we needed. We needed a short yardage. We needed – now, the pass rusher, we talked about – pass rushers came along. Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker came along. But if you saw that interior of that defensive line today against the one of the worst offensive linemen, t- offensive lines in the league, I mean, it was crazy. Out of gaps, linebackers jumping different gaps, not, not being cont- – it was just – it was atrocious to see that against the worst one, the worst offensive lines in the NFL. And this is not a shot at this particular player, but this is just an example. Coach Chad Muma was the 70th pick in the draft last year. A top 70 pick. I mean, a a top-tier third-round selection. Did you even know Chad Muma was in uniform today? No. It's a wasted pick. That is a wasted pick. You had already drafted Devin Lloyd, and I like Chad Muma. Again, this is not against him. He's not even given an opportunity why do you just waste a third-round pick like that? And that's happening over and over and over. Well, I think that's a philosophy, and, you know, whether or not that's right or wrong. And obviously, uh, you know, that's going to be questioned in the offseason. You know, do you, do you stock up on good football players as opposed to just fitting a need? You know, and that's something that you, you know, that's a philosophy. Now, not everybody has that same philosophy. You know, I mean, if uh, – the biggest thing is what you said earlier, to stand pat. To me, you know, I look at it this way. Okay, we stood pat, which was a mistake in my mind, just like it is with you. But then you look at Trayvon Walker, who everybody was kicking his butt for, uh, you know, that pick, 
and now he's got a double, he's a double deal. If you'd have said he was going to get a double-digit stack uh, deal this year, uh, and you'd have been happy with that, I, I guess. Uh, so, you know, it's it's both. And and I, I'm like you. I don't want to get anybody fired necessarily, but they have to they have to look in the mirror and say, what did we do? What is our part as coaches in what happened here? It's not all players. It's everybody in the entire organization. Phone lines are loaded. We're going to get to you in a moment. But, Leon, Mm. look, I I hate calling for somebody's job. I'm not going to out any particular person. But the bottom line is this. At 8-3, and to not make the playoffs, to lose five out of six, and to look embarrassingly bad in some of those games in the process, one would think, knowing what we know about the NFL, and you played in it for 11 years, Somebody's fallen on the sword for that. Something, something's so, going to happen. Something's yeah, going to happen, yeah. whether it's no a doubt. coordinator or two, some of the staff, well, a general manager. Somebody's going to fall on the sword. Well, well yeah, there's always a scapegoat when someone, something like this happens. I mean, when you, you start at 8-3 and three and you, you go 1-5 and five after that, that's a major collapse. Someone, someone's head's going to roll. Someone's going to throw in a grenade and yell it. So. I may happen them within the next couple of days because, you know, today, well, when they get back tomorrow, that's the exit meetings. You know, the coaches talk to the players. There's one last team meeting, all this other kind of stuff. But the, the decision has to be made. There has got to be a fall guy in this situation because you can't have that kind of collapse. You can't go from the number one seed to out the playoffs. Someone, someone's going to have to be the fall guy. I don't know who it is, but that, that, that's, a, that's an epic fail by this organization, collectively. Well, it's yeah. not going to be Doug. Yeah. So it's either going to be the OC, right. the D.C., or yeah. I doubt it, but the GM. Yeah. I mean, that, well, that's the, the three logical choices. Well, all the hands are dirty. Yeah. yeah. One of the things that's going to happen, I, I would be, I'd give it 100% being an ex-head coach. I guarantee you that Doug's taking the play call it over. Oh, and he's oh. going to say that during the course of the year. Now, whether or not anybody goes, I have no idea. But I would be willing to bet my paycheck, although my paycheck is not real good for this show necessarily. But <laughs> I would – I'm retired. You yes. know what I mean? But I would definitely say that he will have to say something like, okay, I'm taking it back over. That gives me another year. Here, here we go. Well, the good thing is we're at Players Grill in Mandarin on San Jose. This is the home – of the Buffalo Bills fan club as they're gathering for Sunday night football. The Bills love us. Are you kidding me? We just handed them a playoff ticket on a silver platter by not showing up at all in Nashville and losing this game to the Tennessee <coughs> Titans. Uh, let's squeeze in a call, a phone call or two here. These guys have been on hold forever. and a lot of people want to get in. Uh, the Jaguars, biggest collapse in franchise history? I think it probably is. Mm. I mean, you know, for an entire season, no. But a six-week stretch from 8-3 and three to missing the playoffs, I cannot remember a bigger collapse in the history of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's go out to Ortega. Let's get Reed in here on the fifth quarter on 10-10XL on the All-Pro Roofing phone line. Reed, go ahead. Gentlemen, how are we doing? It's oh, been, Reed, uh, if I was any better, I don't know what I would do. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could say the same. It's been, it's been quite the uh, afternoon, so – I got to give you the exact situation I'm in. So I'm, I'm born and raised in Jacksonville. I love everything Jacksonville. I love everything Duval. I've loved the Jaguars since I was a kid, born in 93. So I've literally lived through every season that we've had here in Jacksonville. But the situation I'm sitting in right now, I'm down in Tampa. I'm with my future family-in-law who's from Buffalo. Buffalo. I've got a Bills jacket on and a Bills hat on, and I don't know what to do. 
this is the situation I'm in. I hope you can help me. One one issue I want to bring up with the team is I, I've, I you have to blame it on the head coach. I think. I mean, there's there's no other. You can go offensive coordinator. You can go defensive coordinator. You can go GM. Whatever. But it all comes down to head coach. And hold on, my my brother-in-law's got one other thing to say. Hold on, Jack. Jack, what you got to say? Kevin Lawrence like looks like he is playing in the Nutcracker. The Nutcracker. All right, Dylan, oh, have a good one. Very nice. All right, Reed, that's very wonderful. Appreciate that. <laughs> um, coach, you're a former head coach. You know what it's like to have all the blame. I mean, I don't know if Doug Peterson deserves the blame. I think the way I've taken to Jaguar with social media in the last 90 minutes is that more of the venom appears to be on Balky again, and more of the venom appears to be on Press Taylor and a little bit on Mike Caldwell. I don't get the sense that Doug Peterson – is in the crosshairs, at least from some of the Jaguar fans here early on. Well, I think that, uh, you know, that's in a natural situation because of what we did last year with Doug, you know, being close to, uh, to uh, coach of the year uh, in the AFC. Uh, you know, he's going to get a little leeway. Now, there's been a little bit of venom towards the general manager for a while now, and I think that's just a carryover hack, to be honest with you. I, you know, uh, to me, the head coach is responsible for the team. You know, when we didn't do well when I was a head coach, I expected the, the criticism to be on me. And mm -hmm. that's why you have to go in and you have to look in the mirror and you got to say, hey, uh, you know, what can I do to do better? And then it goes from there down to the assistant coaches and then on down to the players. Leon, the season's over. They were 8-3. and three. <laughs> The yeah. season's over. I mean, that is, that is amazing to me right now. Yeah, and they're the, they're the, they're the ones to blame, the team. I'm not going to blame the coaching staff. I'm going to blame the players. This team is not mentally strong. Uh, that's just point. They're not mentally strong. They don't know how to face adversity, somehow uh, reassess, and then go back and, and play. They don't know how to do this. The, the, the amount of games that they lost, that, that stretch of losing those games right there, that, their mental aptitude and toughness is in question. And I played this game long enough to know that when you get down in December, that's when you get your hands dirty. All right. That's why in, in between your ears has got to be tough. Mentally and physically, you've got to be tough because you know that every game that you're playing is a, essentially a playoff game that leads to you getting into January. That's why – and listen, I, and, and I, I played with some tough-nosed coaches. I played with the Bill Cowboys. I played with the Tom Coughlin. There's a reason why I went through my whole career not missing the playoffs because the aptitude, the mental toughness that you have to sustain during the week of December to lead you into January, run the ball execute toughness accountability all those things this team lacked that during this stretch when they lost those games they lost let's quickly get junior up in buffalo before we step aside if you're on the line we will get to you at 641-1010 junior as a jaguar fan as you are brother i'm sorry that you had to witness that today it's a very unfortunate end of the season i know guys i i never thought we would be talking at the end of the season like this i thought there were going to be at least one more week I, or maybe more. I was saying, hey, can this team win the game and get into the playoffs? And that's a whole new season. Anything can happen. And they couldn't even do that. It's like what Mr. Searcy said. These guys don't have the toughness. They don't have the mental preparedness. They don't have the heart. They, they lost it from eight and three. You, they lost every week. They, they went out there and it was an excuse, an excuse, an excuse. Well, I'm tired of excuses, man. 
How I was calling you, like I said, for 2011 when you got on, and how many years, bad year after bad year, every week, we got to talk about excuses, excuses, excuses. It's, it's, it's like they, 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 when they yell Duval, they don't mean it, man. They don't mean it. When those guys yell Duval, they don't mean it like the fans mean it. I, I, I'm just at a point where I just got to put all my Jaguar stuff away for a while and not even think about them because they don't think about me. I really don't think about me or anybody else, anybody else, the Jaguar fans. This is a tough game to watch, a tough season to, uh, to be at 8-3, and three, almost there, and, and they, to, to, to lose it like this. To lose it to a divisional rival that you know we can't stand, and you went out there and played like it was just a preseason game. Come on, this is so, some heads have to roll, and then and, and I'm afraid that Sean Khan is not the owner that's going to do it, and we're going to see another failure of next year. I hate to end this this way, guys. I'm thankful that you guys been there for me because you've been the outlet for me, and I'll be listening the rest of the year until next year. Thank you, guys. Hey, Junior up in Pretty Buffalo. Let me leave you with two things real quick here in segment one. Again, phone lines open, 641-1010. This is what Titans fans and podcast hosts and radio play-by-play guys are saying. Number one, we were led to believe a new day had come to Jacksonville and that they were going to be contenders in the AFC. But once you took off the disguise, the truth was revealed. It was always the Jags. That from a Titan podcast host, obviously wow. taking a shot at Dewey. Mm. And then apparently the Titans radio signed off today from Duval to do nothing until late July. <laughs> That's how they ended their hey, broadcast well today. Deserved. Well deserved. Hey, listen, hey, they, we put ourselves in that position. You know what else we all had? You know, you know who Frankie Goes to Hollywood is? Uh, vaguely, yes. Okay, the song Relax. Yeah. They're, they're called One Hit Wonders. That's what we are. It's proven to be the case, Coach. Well, you know, the interesting thing is this, uh, and, and uh, you know, we've said this during the year. I've said it, I know, that this team kind of during this last adversity, it was always like, we got this. We got this. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been here before. We've done this. We've done that. They say that you take – the team takes the mentality of the leaders. Mm-hmm. So, in my mind, the leadership has to get a, a little bit of a change going. I agree. Whatever that is. And, I, again, I say it's not just the coaching staff. It's the guys in the room. There's got to be some guys that are willing to step up and do exactly what uh, the caller just said. You know, how the heck can we go from 8-3 and three to 9-8? To and eight? Jacksonville phone lines are open, 641-1010. We're live out at Players Grill in Mandarin, 10140 San Jose Boulevard. Delicious food, TVs everywhere. They got the Sunday ticket. They got you covered. It's my home here in the Mandarin area. This is a home game for me. I love Players Grill. We've also been out at the Miramar location. Certainly happy Players Grill is a part of us here on the fifth quarter on 1010XL. More of your phone calls next as the season Well, it's over. The Jaguars lose today 28-20 to the Tennessee Titans. The Jaguars now 9-8, and they will not play another football game that matters until September of 2024. More to do. Fifth quarter rolls on. 10-10XL, 92.5 FM.
Getting an extra 60 minutes on the clock. The Window World of Northeast Florida 5th Quarter. From Players Grill Mandarin. Presented by Osteen Volvo and Volkswagen. And Dr. George Bari and Bari Orthopedics. On 1010XL. Dropping is Trevor. Looking, looking. Fires in the left side of the end zone. That ball's going to be caught for the touchdown. Evan Ingram in the left corner in the end zone. Touchdown, Jacksonville. Frank Frangio on the call, Jaguars radio, Evan Ingram, that cut the lead to 28-20. Jaguars would not get any closer than that as they lose to the Tennessee Titans, ending their season today. Every week here on the fifth quarter, all year long, we have brought you an offensive player of the game. That offensive player of the game is brought to you by our friends at Universal Roof. RJ, let's do it now, the Universal Roof offensive player of the game. Universal Roof and Contracting presents the Offensive Player of the Game. Universal Roof and Contracting. The difference is universal. Evan Ingram today, 10 catches, 79 yards, ends up with 114 catches on the year, too shy of the all-time record for tight ends in a single season. Leon, Evan Ingram did have the turnover, obviously, which was a huge play Mm -hmm. in the game. But Evan Ingram played his tail off today, I thought, and was – in large part, that's why he is the offensive player of the game, and I think he's probably the offensive MVP for the season. Yeah, we were talking about this off the air before we came on the show. Who would be your MVP? And it'll probably be the clear-cut favorites would probably be Josh Allen or Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram not only had a great game, but it was a couple of situations in third down that he bailed us out of. If he doesn't make the catch, he doesn't get that first down. I mean, we don't we don't have the kind of drives that we had in during the game. But he had, a, he had an outstanding season. You know, you're talking about a guy who had to resurrect himself coming to Jacksonville who was – you know, ostracized and kicked out of New York, comes out here, has a hell of a career, signed into a new contract, lived up to the contract. That's the key. You know, guys want new contracts, and they, they, they play well, and you see the reason why you paid them the contract. So he lived up to the deal. This year. I mean, they got a lot of ways to improve, and they got a lot of guys they need to bring in here position-wise. One of the guys, though, Coach, one of the positions they're good at is tight end. I mean, Evan Ingram, 114 catches. He was your guy from training camp. You and I were out there back in late July watching Evan Ingram get after it. Uh, Great year for Evan Ingram and a great game today to finish it off. Yeah, I feel good about him. I think he's he's the right guy. You know, I think he's competitive and he and he uh, he appreciates being here and 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 having his career resurrected. And of course, he did it himself. You can say whatever you want, but. You know, he, he just has had a good year, and unfortunately that that drop was costly. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I mean, you know, we didn't lose a game because of uh, Evan Ingram. I mean, you know, he he did his part today. 641-1010 is the phone number if you want to get involved here on the fifth quarter. Again, we are live, Players Grill in Mandarin on San Jose Boulevard. Let's head out to St. Augustine. Let's get Andrew in here on the fifth quarter on 1010XL. Andrew, go ahead. Hey guys, I'd uh, ask how we're doing, but I think I know that already. Um, was calling in, you know, going from eight and three to missing the playoffs. What kind of virus, you know, sort of culminates inside the building to allow that day to day? And then my second question is, what are they putting in Trevor's shoulder that allows him to not feel anything and make some of the throws he made today? Good questions to both. Let's first get to, I don't know if it's a virus, Leon, but um, Andrew Wingard, uh, according to Action News on their Twitter feed, Andrew Wingard, Dewey Wingard, pretty uh, pretty open in the postgame locker room, 
saying that he didn't think a lot of assignment football was being played down the stretch, which that's interesting. If you're not playing assignment football, I was asking Coach Campo earlier, translation, you got guys doing some of their own things out there, and that's one of your own players saying that. And then he said something else about after the Houston game, the team was looking outside themselves. Like maybe they they thought the job was done after beating Houston to get up two and a half games in the division. Yeah, I, yeah listen, I know Andrew is a friend of the show. I, I'm not sure if that's going to be taken well in the locker room after this game, saying that about not – you know, because that's apparent. I mean, Wingard hasn't watched the film yet, you know. So, I mean, to make that kind of assessment. I mean, you if you're saying there wasn't a lot of assignment football being played, then – uh, then, then that means your play is in is in critique as well. So I'm saying, and t- I, I would have probably waited till we collectively watch the film together to, before you make that kind of assessment. But I'm just saying, when you say that after a loss, after a disappointing loss, not sure how well that's going to be taken in the locker room. The I interesting th- thing, Coach Dewey Wingard says that two hours before he says something along those lines, you probably were in agreement with him based on some of the texts I was getting from you. Yeah, well, and I think he was talking about more than today. I think when he says Yeah, he stretch, said down the I stretch. Think, yeah. I think he's talking about right along because, uh, you know, from a from a uh, execution standpoint, they have not executed, you said it earlier, yeah, Leon, true. for the last four or five weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a reason when you lose that many games in a row, unless you're just not a very good football team, period. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have good enough players. We, we, we did win eight. Uh, we won nine, yeah, nine you know, nine, but nine. I mean, we won eight. We were eight and three. So th- there was, uh, when you see long runs and you see uh, no uh, uh, big plays on offense, there's something wrong. Uh, you know, you're out of a gap. You screw up the linebacker's reads because a D lineman is out of his gap. That's what happened today. So, you know, I, I think he's right in what he's saying. I agree with you 100%. You have to be very careful as a coach and a player mm-hmm. uh, about what you say about the team, especially when you're not a starter. Exactly. That, that's all so, I meant by that. Yeah, Listen, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, because what, what, what he's saying was, is, was apparently obvious. Absolutely. That the guys weren't right. in their gaps. And Derrick Henry ran for almost 99 yards on right. in the first half. So that was apparent. Yeah. What I'm just saying is that when you're not a starter and yeah. you're not – into the game that much, you know, you're in there sporadically. You just yeah. have to be careful. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. It's the end of the year, so, I mean, <laughs> Dewey Wingard's <laughs> never one to mince words. What does no. that mean? They're not going to get back together for 90 days, and quite frankly, some of the guys he's talking about might be gone. And I have a feeling I know some of the guys he's talking about. I'm not going to mention them here mm-hmm. because, again, I don't want to out them publicly, but just go watch the game. There were a couple of instances where it's pretty obvious that, some guys missed tackles. Some guys weren't doing what they were supposed to do. And those guys happen to be people that you have questions as to whether they're going to be back here or not in 2024. Back to the phone lines we go. Let's go to the state of Alabama. Let's get Jonathan in here on the fifth quarter. Jonathan, go ahead. Oh, my gosh, my gosh. That was rough. I yes, mean, it was. Short yardage has plagued, short yardage has plagued this team all year. I mean, the pass rush has been rough especially today, I mean, you had like maybe, I don't know how many sacks we had. Um, the play calling was eh, not very good. And this, this defense was not very good today. And the, the offense had some bright spots, like you said, Hacker. But other than that, it was just atrocious. 
It was bad. Jonathan, appreciate the phone call. I guess he Wait. summed it up perfectly, right? I mean, what else really needs to be well, said? But, but his, I'm going to ask you these two. I'm going to ask you this question, both of y'all. How does that happen? You win, you end. You remember when I told you a couple of weeks ago where this team played like they didn't want to play in the playoffs? I know that might seem absurd to say that a team that's gone this far and not want to play in the playoffs, but, I mean, as far as their intensity level, execution, all that kind of stuff, I say, how, how could they possibly play like this if they trying to play in January and today with everything on the line against your bitter rival that you don't come out with more energy, more exertion? I mean, how do you let that happen? With a team, like everything, with the Jaguars, well, everything goes on. I'd ask Coach this, and I'll add to that. How do you keep getting pre-snap penalties? How do you keep turning the ball over? How do you keep shooting yourself in the foot? Doug Peterson said the same thing. Press conference after press conference after press conference, and obviously it never registered. What he was saying either wasn't getting through to the guys or whatever, because, Coach, the same thing kept happening over and over and over. Absolutely, and the guy that's going to have to ask that question is Shad Khan because I know he's upset today because he lost uh, home playoff money. Uh, you know, that it's, it's, I, I don't have an answer for it because, uh, because I've never been – I've been on some football teams that weren't very good now, okay? But I've never had a team that I thought was good enough to beat anybody in the league lose four out of five. Five out, five of, out six. of six. Yeah. Okay, so there's definitely something wrong with what's going on over there. And, and, and unfortunately, we as media guys mm -hmm. don't know what the answer is to that. Yeah. We can't answer that question. But there's definitely something going on that's keeping them from, from doing what they're supposed to do. Because here's the thing, Coach. In my, in, my 11, in my 11 years I played football, I either was a very good team that finished out well or a very bad team that finished out good. I mean, I was on still a team that was three and four and ran right. the table and went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Or I was on a Jaguar team that was that was four and six that ran, almost ran the table and got into the right. playoffs. Right. So I've never been in a situation where we've been good and then all of a sudden we collapse right. and, and you're out the playoffs. Because right. we were either very good okay. and finished the season right or we were very bad and finished the season good. Well, so I, I just didn't understand. I, I can't fathom that collapse. Right. That's what I can't fathom. That goes back to what we were saying. It's the biggest collapse in the history of the franchise. Mm. In, I mean, you're talking almost 30 years of Jaguar football. They have never collapsed like this from 8-3 and three to missing the playoffs. Let's get one more in on this side. If you're on the line, we'll get to you. We're with you till at least 8 o'clock. Let's go to Savannah. Let's get Kevin in here on the fifth quarter on 1010XL. Kevin, go ahead. All right, thank you. Um, I just, I'm glad I got in before you called the defensive player of the game because I know Andre Cisco had an interception, but I don't haven't seen anybody on defense that tries to avoid contact more than him, other than Brandon McManus. McManus, and he's the kicker. Oh, uh, what what's happening to what what I see? And even when they were winning, the offense and defense did not look really good. I mean, they won some games, got some turnovers, looked good enough to pull out a few games. But towards the end of the season, it looked like the players, both offensively and defensively, lost confidence in their coordinator. I mean, the offensive schemes, no one was getting open. Uh, they, they weren't clicking. They were getting out of the huddle late. They were getting delays of games, early false starts. It's like they lost confidence in the offensive scheme. And the defensive scheme, it's like the players – weren't confident in the defensive coordinator, and they started 
freelancing. And when you, that starts happening, then everything falls apart. I think three people need to go. I think offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, and the offensive line coach. Well, I appreciate you letting me bet. Thank you. Kevin, appreciate it. They're going to have to figure it out. It's going to be Doug Peterson's job to figure it out. I, I don't think Doug Peterson needs to go anywhere. I'm fine with Doug Peterson. I mean, 9-8, nine 9-8, and eight, nine and eight, back-to-back winning seasons. But certainly, the collapse like this, somebody's going to fall on the sword, whether that's Press Taylor, whether that's Mike Caldwell, maybe Trent Baalke, although I tend to doubt that one. Someone's going to, for lack of better terminology, pay for a collapse of this proportion. With the head coach, Dave Campo, and the Pro Bowler, Leon Searcy, I'm the hacker, Ryan Green. Players Grill Mandarin is our location on San Jose Boulevard. The Buffalo Bills fan club piling in here for Sunday night football with the Jaguar loss today. The Bills are in the postseason. They got a big one tonight, though. They play Miami. The winner of that game hosts Pittsburgh next week. The loser of that game I believe heads to Arrowhead to take on Kansas City. So it is a big game for both Buffalo and Miami, two teams that will be in the playoffs next week. The Jacksonville Jaguars will be cleaning out their lockers tomorrow down at the Miller Electric Center. More of your phone calls next as we roll on the fifth quarter, 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Window World of Northeast Florida, fifth quarter from Players Grill Mandarin. Presented by Dr. George Bari and Bari Orthopedics and Osteen Volvo and Volkswagen on 1010XL. Back here on the fifth quarter, the <laughs> Buffalo Bills fan club is beginning to arrive. <laughs> Players Grill in uh, Mandarin on San Jose. You're welcome for the loss today as the Bills are in the playoffs because the Jaguars dropped the ball in Nashville. Jaguars did, however, win that game in London, if memory serves. So, I got that going for us. And I imagine Campos really popular here, being a former consistent for the Dallas Cowboys, who happened to beat Buffalo twice in the Super Bowl, yeah. if memory serves. Not, not beat, demolish. <laughs> so, we're going to have a heck of a time here over the next hour. That player's grill Mandarin. But Buffalo's got a huge game tonight against Miami. They win. They win the AFC East. So, the winner of tonight is at home next week, I believe against Pittsburgh. The loser tonight has to go to Arrowhead. So, obviously, gigantic, gigantic stakes on the line tonight between the the, uh, Bills and the Miami Dolphins. Every uh, week here on the fifth quarter, we do give you a defensive player of the game. That defensive player of the game is brought to you by our friends at Superior Fence and Rail. RJ, let's do it now. The Superior Fence and Rail defensive player of the game. Jacksonville's building a fence along the goal line. This is the Superior Fence and Rail Defensive Player of the Game. Superior Fence and Rail, where quality matters. Again, good game today, but this is more like a season achievement award, and it's Josh Allen. I mean, 17 and a half sacks. Had another sack today. Other than Trayvon Walker, who did come on strong, Trayvon Walker ended with 10 sacks. Josh Allen had no help whatsoever from anybody else. I don't know, maybe Trent Baalke. Might want to get more guys that can affect the quarterback this offseason. It's a thought. Uh, but Josh Allen, nevertheless, Leon, <clears throat> 17 and a half sacks. Yeah. Great performance for the entire season. Uh, he had an outstanding season. Absolutely outstanding season. I mean, going into his contract year, there was concerns uh, that he would want both some money. Not sure if he's going to get both some money here 
Might be a franchise tag on the way somewhere, but still doesn't diminish the fact that he was one of the top two pass rushers in the league, especially in the AFC. What's the first day you can franchise tag somebody? Uh, I don't know. Because I will not wait an hour. <laughs> I will not wait a minute. I will not wait 10 seconds. He's Josh not, Allen's getting that franchise tag uh, if not, a deal was not reached. He's not going to be happy. Ah, uh, well, that's fine. Okay. Uh, I'll deal with that. He wants long-term he money. He is going to be a Jaguar next year. Okay. There is, I mean, Coach, do you agree with that? Yeah, I agree 100%. I, you know, somehow you got to get that done. And there's, mm-hmm. they, obviously they've got a, n- a number of decisions to make with a number of players. And you, you definitely want to keep your core players. And he is mm-hmm. definitely a core player. And, uh, you know, and, and, and I fully expect Walker to be even better next year. So if you got two guys on the edge like that, one of the things I said back during the draft was when they were making a decision on whether or not they were going to take an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman, mm-hmm. you know, my, everybody was talking pass rusher. I said, hey, let's get us a, a, a Chris uh, from the Kansas City. Chris, Chris Jones. Jones. Chris Jones yes. or, or, you know, one of those guys inside mm-hmm. because I felt that Walker would improve this year. Mm-hmm. And I think the combination, I think Josh Allen's got to be here next year. Well, and the thing we on, too, today sucks, <coughs> all right? Mm-hmm. But as we get further away from it in the weeks and month or two ahead as we start looking at the offseason, boy, Trayvon Walker from three and a half sacks to ten sacks that is a gigantic leap from year one to year two. It absolutely was. I, I, and I firmly believe it has a lot to do with Josh Allen. Hmm. All right? Listen, I mean, if you're, if you're a competitor, if you love to compete, you know, you don't like to see your compadre across from you eating and you not eating. All right? That's what kept me on my toes here in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. When you got Tony Vaselli to your left, you can't be slipping on the right. You know what I'm saying? So Josh Allen over here, he's got this motor. He's getting it done. I'm sure the competitive nature of Trayvon Walker, if we believe him to be who we think he is, to be the number one pick overall, he had to say to himself, listen, I need to step up my game. I need to get it done because Josh Allen, he can't get all the attention. Let's go to the state of Alabama here on the fifth quarter on 1010XL. Let's get Albert in here. Albert, what's going on? Man, I never thought I'd feel as bad as the season ending as I did in 1999, man, and this one comes pretty damn close. Um, anyways, man, like there's, I can't believe we went from eight and three and just one more game, one more game. Now I know it wasn't Press Taylor's loss today. It was that horrible defense that played in the first half and the first drive of the second half for the Titans. Like they, they, they we didn't deserve to go to the playoffs with that kind of defense. And you know, we, we that defense didn't even deserve to play in the NFL, but. But, man, like, it was just such a horrible loss. But, like, uh, I know a lot of people talk about Press Taylor's play calling. But, I mean, as I'm sure he's got other responsibilities to do. And I'm guessing one of those is for the offense to execute his plan out there on the field. And the plays just seem really predictable, most of them the same. Like, our points per average went down from last year even with all the new weapons we added you'd think we'd be a much better offense but we're not he might have not lost the game today but he's one of the he is one of the reasons we didn't make the playoffs this year and thank you for the phone call man we appreciate it look everybody's looking for answers everybody's frustrated i think coach you know from the press taylor side of this he is one of the guys that's getting the wrath from Jaguar fans right now. And, again, I think we're all in agreement that someone's going to, again, for lack of better terminology, somebody's going to pay 
for going from eight and three to missing the playoffs. And unfortunately, when you're the OC of a team that underperforms with an offense like this, people are going to be looking at Press Taylor. Yeah, well, you know, definitely everything runs downhill, you know, and that's that's the way the direction it's going to go. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, Doug Peterson's going to get the benefit of the doubt. I do believe, though, I, I, I firmly believe that one of the things he will do is he's taken back to play calling because, you know, that's something that he can do without upsetting the apple cart if he feels like these are the right people. In other words, you know, maybe Press Taylor isn't the best play caller. I don't know that. Maybe he's the best guy to deal with the quarterback, though. So, I mean, there's, uh, you know, you go, something's going to happen. That, we all know that. <clears throat> something's going to happen. Leon, from an offensive line point of view, the O-line was terrible in the run game. And they were terrible in a large part of the passing game. I mean, Trevor Lawrence took a beating this year. Is that lack of talent? Is that the O-line coach? I mean, yes. could, could heads roll there? Yes and yes. Uh, I think interiorly, uh, we, we're, uh, I don't want to say soft. I just think that we're overwhelmed, okay, when we get up against those big defensive linemen, those, those, those one and three technique guys, those big bodies, those, uh, those the, the, the power drivers, you know, the 6'3", six, 6'4", three, six, three 320s, 330s, 340s. I think we get overwhelmed at the center guard position. And the run game and in the pass game. Um, I, I'm okay with the tackles. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. You. I'm okay with Cam and Anton Harris. So do you pay Cam? He's going to cost a lot of money um, to keep him here. Then, I mean, I haven't seen enough by. I haven't seen enough from Walker Little to say that he can take over the helm at the left tackle position. I I, I say keep Cam. I would just carry I, I, No, no, I absolutely would keep Cam. I I I like Ezra Ezra Cleveland. If the price point is right, he's okay. He's a free agent, too. He, he, he's all right. I'm not sure if he can. I would just like to get interiorly, I would just like to get in some fresh new meat. Okay? I think Fortner, I think he, I think he, his time is, has warranted. I think Sheriff, his time has been warranted. I think you bring in, you go after someone in free agent at the center position, at the guard position, and maybe keep Ezra and just get some fresh new blood in there interiorly because we're we're just we're just overwhelmed and, and borderline soft interiorly as offensive line. See, I love that perspective. You're <clears throat> one of the best O-linemen's ever played here. And Leon and Baselli and Lagerman, they can tell you about the technique and the foot placement and the, and the hand placement and all that. Here's what I know, Coach. I don't know, maybe in 2024, here's a thought. <clears throat> maybe have an offensive line out there that when Travis Etienne gets the ball – He's not being touched three yards in the backfield every single down. That could be a refreshing look for this offense. <laughs> that would definitely be a refreshing look because it happens way too often. It's unbelievable. Too many yeah. whiffs. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, again, I think the, I'm with Leon 100% on the tackles. Uh, you know, uh, they really didn't touch Trevor today. There were mm -hmm. a couple pressures, but they were up the middle when they mm -hmm. brought somebody up the middle. Mm -hmm. uh, the tackles, I thought, did okay. I think uh, – uh, 77 missed a, a, a key run play block. He, he ran right by somebody. But overall, I'd keep those two guys. Uh, they, they, they'll be good for us. Mm -hmm. The interior guys, they need to improve, yeah. no doubt. No question. Back to the phone lines we go. Let's go to the south side. Let's get Mike in here on the fifth quarter on the all-pro roofing phone line. Mike, what do you got? Hey, guys. We, we love to show in Jacksonville. Welcome to Heartbreak City, baby. I mean, heartbreak city. Uh, and, hey, we hate that uh, you guys got to hang out with them Bills fans tonight. I know that's even worse than what we're having to deal with. But I'm, I'm not – we're not going to get into the 
uh, press Taylor thing because them them guys know way more than your armchair quarterbacks on what they're doing. You know, as far as what they're, but man, they, I mean, they they kind of missing out. The one thing about it is the analytics. You know, that the, they started doing this year where they didn't don't kick the field goal and they go for it. That kind of stuff. They did that with the Ravens and they did that. You know, when they were down by eight and so. I don't know. Let me tell. I, I watch. We watch all the games with my daughter. Let let my daughter tell you what she thinks. Tell me. Tell me. I think Lawrence played pretty good. I'm glad he's back today. I love. I hope he's okay. He did pretty good this game, but I don't know. I mean, the last few seconds or minutes, he didn't f- throw very good. I don't know where he was even throwing. <laughs> That's right. So we That's hey, awesome, we love Mike. Hey, appreciate it, buddy. That's awesome. The youngsters, the youth of Jacksonville. We certainly like that. I got a little guy at home. He, by the way, Forrest, inconsolable that the Jaguars oh, lost. Sure he Although is. he's happy it's Disney season now, mm. yeah. but he was inconsolable yeah. at the time. Well, bring him another uh, trash uh, collector. Yeah, exactly. We'll get we'll get Coach to take him out <laughs> to a waste management again and, and do a tour out there. Um, quickly, because we got to step aside, and I want to do the play of the game. There's a lot more going on. When you look at the situation now with Jacksonville moving forward, it's going to be one of the more fascinating off-seasons, Leon, that we've had because the Trevor extension is going to be a question. Calvin Ridley, free agent. Josh Allen, free agent. Ezra Cleveland, free agent. Cisco and Campbell are up for extensions. You're going to have to figure out what you're doing, and you could cut guys like Zay Jones, like Rayshon Jenkins, like Cam Robinson, where you would save a boatload of money against the cap. Well, I mean, as a team collectively, as a GM, you, you want to find out uh, who, who you can live with and who you can live without. All right? So, uh, and, and you had to make that determination by watching the extent of the season. Who, who made plays for you and who didn't? Who was available? Because your unavailability is going to factor in as well when it comes to free agency, being hurt, all that other kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a, a situation where you've got to assess who's a good fit, who you can live with, who you can't live without. And then you have to move forward with that and then cut bait with who you cut bait with. And then go find new bait. you got to go find new guys who are going to be a good fit for your organization. But this is going to be a very interesting offseason for the Jaguars. You know, and Shad Khan won't do this because it's not the type of owner that he is, I don't think. But I would be curious <laughs> if Shad Khan might sit Doug Peterson down in a room and say, explain to me your philosophy on fourth down. Because how many times did the Jaguars leave points out there this year over and over and over? At a certain point, kicking a field goal is not a terrible thing. Yet in Doug Peterson's mind, it appears to be. Because every game you could say there was one or two instances where they could have kicked a field goal, they chose not to, and they were terrible on fourth down. Yeah, I think that has to come into consideration. I think the, the, this analytic stuff, you know, uh, you know, you may look at an ana- analytics sheet, and it might say if you go for it here, you got 51% of a chance to make it. Mm-hmm. If you don't, you know, uh, and you do it because it's – better than 50-50 that you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. But that depends on who your people are. And that's what you're saying, Hack. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the reason that, that they're not making it is not because he decided to go for it. It's because they don't execute the play 
for one reason or another. Either the guy doesn't block, the guy doesn't throw the ball correctly, the guy doesn't catch the ball, whatever it is, doesn't run the route deep enough, whatever it is. So to me, I'm old school, okay? I'm taking points. Mm -hmm. Analytics to me is you make a decision based on who you are, where you are in the course of the game, and, you know, uh, those kind of decisions. That's a gut reaction. I I don't like looking at a a thing and say, oh, you got 61% here and 42% here. You know, you make a decision based on what you think is going to happen at that time. And we don't seem to want to take points in a lot of situations. Now, when the, on the one-yard line, when it's third and two and fourth and one on the one-yard line, you know, when you're down eight, you know, I might have gone for it there too because defensively we weren't playing very well. But mm-hmm. I would, I definitely would not have thrown the ball on third and two. You were running at least once. At least once and then throw if you have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or if you, were, if you knew you were going to do the stretch play with Lawrence, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe run it up the middle and try to get half yeah. the yardage so he can get the ball over the goal line. Yeah, That's another exactly. thought. And I thought, by the way, that was not very smart because if you're inside a one-yard line, all you have to do is stick it and you're in. Yeah. When it's one yard, you got to get some penetration, and they got penetration in the other direction. Yeah, I got a, I got a photo here on that play. Uh, Fortner and Sheriff and Cleveland, you can't see them. All you see are the top. Look at this. Here's the yeah. photo. Oh, yeah. All you see are the Titan guys. You don't see any of the Jaguar interior guys. Yeah, and that's what we've been talking about all. Uh, that's why we don't run the ball with a fullback, you know, with a tailback in, in that situation. I mean, you're, you, you're a pro bowler. Look at that. That's On the one-yard one. Where that, are your interior linemen? That's why that's they stopped. That's why they, that's why they didn't uh, that they stopped forward progress. Because mm-hmm. because the wall was there like this, mm-hmm. and he still he never went he never hit the ground. No. When he dove the second time, he was in the end zone with the ball. It is the window world of Northeast Florida fifth quarter. We're brought to you by Dr. George Barr and Barry Orthopedics and Osteen Volkswagen Players Grill Mandarin Ten One Forty San Jose Boulevard Delicious Chicken Burgers Appetizers You name it They got Sunday ticket Obviously this will be the place for the NFL playoffs. March Madness, not that far down the road. Players Grill, Mandarin, 10-140, San Jose Boulevard. More of your phone calls. We'll give you a play of the game as we wrap up the Jaguar season and the biggest collapse in the history of the Jaguar franchise. Bringing you an extra quarter of football. The window world of Northeast Florida, fifth quarter from Players Grill, Mandarin. Presented by Dr. George Bari and Bari Orthopedics and Osteen Volvo and Volkswagen on 1010XL. Dropping his cover. Looking, stepping up, stepping up. Fires it deep downfield. Wants Calvin Ridley. Calvin's out there. Calvin's got it. Five-yard line. Into the end zone. Touchdown. Trevor Lawrence to Calvin Ridley for the score. Frank Franchi on the call. Jaguars radio. Trevor Lawrence, 59 yards to Calvin Ridley for the touchdown. That put the Jaguars up 10-7. They would ultimately go on to lose the game today up in Nashville, 28-20. Every week here on the fifth quarter, we do give you a play of the game. That play of the game is brought to you by our friends at Performance Painting. RJ, let's do it now. The Performance Painting play of the game. Now the Performance Painting High Performance Play of the Game. Performance Painting. Prepare, protect, preserve. That 59-yard touchdown to Calvin Ridley is this week's play of the game. Leon Searcy, your thoughts on Calvin Ridley this season? And do you hope Calvin Ridley is back in a Jaguar uniform in July? 
Well, um, I'm gonna start by saying that was a hell of a play. That was a hell of a play, outstanding play. It's the, it's the other one that I was hoping he would make an outstanding play. Yeah. The one he that went through the fingertips. Uh, uh, but do do I keep him? I mean, is he was he everything is advertised? No. Seventy six catches, one thousand sixteen yards, and eight touchdowns. He was he was he was formidable. All right. Uh, I don't know if you give him what he uh, is going to probably ask for. But uh, would I make an effort to keep him? Yeah, absolutely. I would make an effort to keep him. And, look, that was the situation. That's what you got away because he's a free agent. Josh Allen's a free agent. Keep in mind, if you re-sign Calvin Ridley, that will cost you, I believe, a second-round draft pick, which you'd have to give to Atlanta. Coach, what is your thoughts on Calvin Ridley? Well, I, 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 he is a – I mean, what he showed – this particular season was not what we were hoping would be a true number one receiver, mm-hmm. but he is a number two, you know, and so it depends on what you have to do to keep him. You know, I think, you know, uh, he obviously shows that he can do some things. He doesn't come inside very often. He's always on the on the perimeter, mm-hmm. you know, which uh, concerns me a little bit. So I, I think they're going to have to take a really good look at what's out there. And, and and who he is and make a decision off of that. I don't think it's a I don't think it's a cut dry yes or a cut dry no. Back to the phone lines we go, six four one ten ten. Let's get to as many of these phone calls as we can. Let's head to the north side. Let's get Zach in here on the fifth quarter on ten ten XL. Zach, what do you got? Hey guys, let me go ahead and get to it. My opinion is uh the general manager and the offensive coordinator need to go. And but besides that, I think you gotta start taking a close look at these marshmallows, soft guys you got playing. You never got to worry about Campbell or Cisco getting a penalty for unnecessary roughness because they ain't hitting nobody. And nobody's holding them accountable. So I think the players got to look down. I mean, the players got to look at themselves and see, <clears throat> can they get some hard? That's what I'm trying to say. They need to get some hard and play the game like they really want to win. But I honestly think they're playing for paychecks. Thanks for taking my call, guys. Hey, Zach, appreciate the call and the passion. You're a defensive backs guy. Cisco, even though he had the pick today, did he regress as the season went on? Yeah, I think once he got hurt, he hasn't been the same. You know, I think that that's what's happened to a number of guys on that ball club. And I think that lends itself to maybe the toughness of the football team. Mm -hmm. You know, what we've been talking about right along here. Uh, You know, I I think Cisco's a – a center fielder that, that has a chance to be a good player down the road. But, you know, he hasn't shown out very well here in the last few ball games he's been in. I, I think you have Tyson Campbell as well, Coach. Yeah, say, he's never been the thing. same since he got hurt. Well, I think a lot of these players, uh, unfortunately or fortunately, make business decisions yeah. based on the offseason. Cisco made one today against Derrick Henry. <laughs> he almost <laughs> escorted him into yeah. the end. He was running parallel for I about 20 yards. Hey, listen, he didn't want to be a poster. He, he didn't, didn't want to be po- Josh Norman. He didn't want to get the... posterized. He no. absolutely did not want to get posterized. Well, that's what I mean by a lot of these guys, when they get hurt or whatever, I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of people in their ear. The agents in the ear, the families in the ear. Hey, you got an offseason cut. And I hate that. I hate that. And you say to yourself, a lot of these, they want to take care of their bodies because they, they, they won't be hurt because they know that's stuff that costs money. But at some particular point, you got to make a sacrifice for the team, man. So it, it, it's got to mean something that – I, I, Coach and I always say we're old school or whatever. But, but, listen, collectively, if your team is good and you're winning, whether you go out in free agency or sign with another team, if you're good, g- teams are going to want you if you're good. Right. Mm-hmm. 
If you're winning, if you're winning collectively, the teams that are the, the 49ers, the Ravens and stuff like that, I don't know what their situation is for, uh, free agency-wise or whatever, but you can best believe that other teams are going to be looking in on those teams that are winning consistently because they want winners on their team. I mean, when you're making business decisions that offer injuries where you don't want to get hurt again and stuff like that, I'm not saying that's I'm, – I'm only, I'm, only I'm only speculating. I'm just saying that if you're on a good team that wins – whether you're a free agent or whatever happens, other teams are going to want you anyway. So this team needs to just get over all that kind of stuff and get back to winning ways and, and, and the rest to take care of itself. Let's head to Chattanooga. Let's get Ricky in here on the fifth quarter. Ricky, what's going on? Hey, guys. Appreciate y'all taking my call. Um, went up to the game today. Very, very disappointing. Um, you know, I, I still don't understand how you go from 8-3 and three to, to ending up like this. And, and Leon, I know you're, you're going to appreciate this, but when you're Andrew Wingard and you mock that terrible towel, baby, this is what happens. Here we go, Steelers. Here we go. We told you guys we're in it. Have fun at home. Hey, fair enough. Uh, you'll be in it, and appreciate the call. You'll be in it till next week, and then you're going to go to Buffalo or Miami, and I probably won't go well for you. But kudos for getting in. As a seven Hag, seed. Just, that was salty, Hack. You mean, can't let him have his moment. So, what, what, what is it? That is salty. They'll be in it for 144 <laughs> hours, and then they'll be out of it. Uh, but the Steeler Twitter or X, whatever yeah, you're calling yeah. it, they are annihilating Andrew oh, Wingard. Yeah. Every GIF or GIF, whatever they're calling it, of Wingard swinging that terrible towel, the Jaguars were not the same after that game. And the Steelers, and to Dewey's credit, Dewey's responding to some of them. Yeah. But he's going, he's getting after it right now with the Steelers fan base. Hey, when you talk to talk, you got to walk to walk. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, you know, you got to be careful when you do stuff like that. But at the same time, I kind of like his style. Yeah. You know. Uh, I had hey. no problem well, with I it. Well, listen, yeah. I even like what Trevor called it, the, the, the little towel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you say, oh, that little towel that they swing around with. I mean, those kind of things factor in now. Yeah. When you do stuff like that, you, 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 you better, better write exactly. right the check. Rather check that you, you know what can cash. By the way, quickly, the NFC playoff picture is set. We don't have times yet, but next week, here's what it looks like. The Green Bay Packers will go to Dallas, mm. seven traveling to the two. The Los Angeles Rams will go to Detroit, the Jared Goff Bowl. Rams oh. against mm. Detroit, Goff oh. against his former team. And the Philadelphia Eagles, who are in free fall, mm. they've lost like five out of six. They go to Tampa to take on the Bucks. So Eagles at Buccaneers, Rams at Lions, Packers at Cowboys. In the AFC, we know Cleveland is at Houston, as the Texans, of course, win the AFC South. Uh, Kansas City is the three. They will end up with the winner tonight of, I'm sorry, the loser. Kansas City will get the loser of Buffalo-Miami. The winner of Buffalo-Miami will host Pittsburgh. Mm. So that's where we are in the playoff picture with one game to go in the regular season between the Bills and the Miami Dolphins to decide the AFC East. Quickly, let's go to the north side. Let's get Adam in here on the fifth quarter on 1010XL. Adam, what do you got? Hey, guys. I uh, just want to say, um, uh, you know, this season was uh, a lot of ups and downs, of course, but it's it's good to end with, a, you know, going over 500. But um, if you look at the other teams that also ended over 500 but didn't make the playoffs, they don't have a, a starting quarterback, you know. The quarterbacks are uh, Cincinnati and Indy. And another thing, 
I believe that this team should re-sign Calvin Ridley and, of course, Josh Allen, but Calvin Ridley, importantly, because uh, we cannot draft well. So whatever player comes out of that second round, you know, they won't be in a Jags uniform for the next four to five years. Uh, but, yeah, um, that's about it. Appreciate that. Think about what you just said, though. We don't draft well. Well, then get somebody in here that does. Yeah. I if agree. you're a fan and you think we don't draft well, all right. Well, then you go find a general manager that does. That That is not an excuse that we don't draft well. I agree with you. Yeah, but his his point is, is decent. I mean, that's kind of what I was trying to say. I didn't say it as eloquently as he did, but – you got to see what's out there, mm-hmm. and and you know where you know is can you get somebody that's better than he is? Unless you have to sell the house to get to get the guy, you know that that's what it comes down to. You think Balky's all right? Uh, yeah, he's okay. I mean, comparably to two years ago, uh, his free agents have been good. Yeah. I mean, you got to give him credit for Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram and Foye Lulikin. I mean, Absolutely. he's hit some home runs. His drafts have been pathetic. They have. Pathetic. They have. And that, that's, that's two part. That's three part. That's him drafting. That's developing. And that's the player on the player as well. At some particular point, the player's got to have some accountability as well, too. I mean, you know what I'm saying? If he's not getting on the field, I mean, with, with OTAs and mini camps and training camps and preseason, if he's not getting on the field, that means that he can't be trusted. This late in the season, they're not getting on the field because the coach can't, can't trust it. Now, who's that an indictment on? It could be an indictment on the coaching staff developing them, but it also could be an indictment on the player who's not going about the business of being a professional. This business is about being a professional. Your heydays of, of dorm living and, and, and whatever you were doing in college, that's over. This is the National Football League. Huh? Not for long. If, you, if your preparedness is sloppy and your practice is not good, uh, you'll find your way out the door because this is a revolving door. The NFL is a revolving door. Don't think, don't think you're special because they can find somebody to replace you in the next draft. By the way, we're going to start draft talk pretty soon. I believe the Jaguars now have the 17th pick in the draft. And we will go over the Jaguars' 2024 opponents coming up in just a bit because those have been decided. <laughs> At least all but one of those has been decided. A couple of segments to go. If you're on the phone line, we'll get to you. we got one more segment of phone calls, 641 641- 1010 is the phone number. It is the window world of Northeast Florida, fifth quarter. As always, we're brought to you by Dr. George Barry and Barry Orthopedics and Osteen Volkswagen, Osteen Volvo Live, Players Grill, Mandarin, 10140, San Jose Boulevard, Buffalo, and Miami. Sunday night football tonight. The Bills fan club out here, and they are getting fired up, hopefully uh, for an AFC East championship. Come on out and watch it with them, Players Grill, Mandarin on San Jose Boulevard. We'll do a drive of the game and more. We're with you at 8 o'clock here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Putting an extra 60 minutes on the clock. The window world of Northeast Florida fifth quarter from Players Grill Mandarin presented by Osteen Volvo and Volkswagen and Dr. George Bari and Bari Orthopedics on 1010XL. Dropping is Trevor. Looking, looking. Fires in the left side of the end zone. That ball could be caught for the touchdown. Evan Ingram in the left corner in the end zone. Touchdown Jacksonville. Frank Franchi on the call, Jaguars Radio, Evan Ingram with the touchdown catch. Again, a great game for Evan Ingram today. Every week here on the fifth quarter, we do give you a drive of the game. 
That drive of the game is brought to you by our friends at Tire Outlet. RJ, let's do it now. The Tire Outlet drive of the game. Now, the Tire Outlet drive of the game. Tire Outlet, wholesale prices, premium service. Ben Evan Ingram touchdown culminated a 10-play, 63-yard drive. Took five minutes and 13 seconds off the clock to make it 28-20. Coach, let me ask you. They score the touchdown. Cisco gets the pick. After the Cisco interception, did you think, all right, we might have something here? Yeah, I thought we had a great shot at it. You know, I mean, obviously, uh, that was a big play at that time. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, we, you know, didn't quite take advantage of it. But, you know, it was one of those Oh, man, nice. (laughs) Sorry. You're good. Yeah. Had a little uh, it's ha- sneeze. It's hard there. to beat a good sneeze. Mm. Yeah. You need a good sneeze on a night like this. Mm. Yeah, I probably got all over you. Well, we're probably oh, you're good. allergic to the crowd. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that <laughs> too. Bill's crowd's got me allergic. Yeah, that too. No question about it. Yeah. 641-1010 is the phone number here. Leon, before we get back to the phone calls real quick, it's sinking in, right? I mean, there is no tomorrow. They're cleaning out their lockers. What's it like on the flight back from Nashville right now? Well, I mean <laughs> – it should be quiet. It should be quiet. Uh, this team squandered many and many opportunities. Not the, not just during this game, but just the, during this whole run. The opportunities that this team let go. Uh, I mean, and you always look back. I always tell. I always say that when you look back and you ask yourself, what game cost us? Well, they got about five of them. <laughs> that they can say cost us the reason why they're going home. They had ample opportunity, every one of them, to, to factor in and, 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 and stop the bleeding, to put a tourniquet on what was going on with the, with the, the losing streak. So, I mean, while, while they're going home right now, when they're clearing out their lockers, man, I think the worst thing that could happen, the best thing that could happen to them is watch the games and see where you should have been. Yeah. Yeah, and look, we'll find out again. The NFC playoffs already set. We know Green Bay, Dallas. Philadelphia traveling to Tampa Bay and the Rams traveling to Detroit and the Houston Texans, the AFC South champion, will host the Cleveland Browns. We will find out the other two AFC playoff games based on the result of tonight's Buffalo and Miami game. Let's get many phone calls in as we can. Let's go to Dean on the south side. Dean, what's going on? Uh, Good evening. I just wanted to talk about the uh, culture and the meltdown. I mean, it just seems to me like the uh, former Jags you have on 1010 have more passion and some of the current Jags. I mean, it's just uh, it's a cultural thing, and I don't know that – I think it comes within the locker room with the players. I mean, I know we're long past the era of Vince Lombardi when he told the Packers when he took them over in 59 that um, winning's a habit, and unfortunately losing's a habit. I just think that uh, how do you change that whole culture of winning, though? And, and, and like you say, it's, it's been over a series of five games that the meltdown occurred, though. You know, it's not one thing, but you just didn't have a good feeling going into this game that they had a chance to beat in Tennessee. Tennessee looked like they had more passion than the Jags. And this was a Tennessee team, mind you, that got flat-out embarrassed last week by Houston, 26-3. Um, the interesting thing, Coach, from the culture, the team, where they're at, the Texans in one calendar year caught you, bypassed you, and when people said that C.J. Stroud was better than Trevor Lawrence uh, or in the middle part of this year, I laughed at him. I'm not laughing anymore. C.J. Stroud might be the best quarterback in this division, and he's 22 years old. Well, you know, uh, it remains to be seen, I think, but uh, he has definitely got a great deal of poise, and 
and, and he's done a great job with that team. And so has D'Amico Rhines. I mean, they, uh, you know, he is uh, without a doubt uh, coach of the year. I mean, what he did with mm -hmm. that team, they weren't supposed to be going anywhere. And uh, coaching a quarterback changed the whole operation over there. And so, you know, I think Trevor's got, uh, you know, got to uh, take stock of what he's doing as well. And he needs to, he needs to play better. Leon, how, many, how much concern do you have about the Jaguar quarterback position moving forward? Um, I've, got, I've got issues uh, with, with Trevor. I mean, you, Trevor had 20 touchdowns and 21 turnovers this season. Uh, that's, that's, that's a big issue. You can't have your quarterback having uh, – he had 12 interceptions and nine turnovers, loss, fumbles. I mean, any offensive coordinator tells you in any game before the week, take care of the football. Take care of football. That's half the battle right there. He, he doesn't. He doesn't do that, and that's unfortunate. Uh, but you know, I, I listen. I, I'm glad that the division's tough now. You know, I am. I really am because you know, the start of the season, everybody had the Jaguars just kicking dirt in the face of the Titans, the Texans, and the Colts. We were just going to, we were just going to run through the division. You know, and, and, and it was going to be a cakewalk. D listen, iron sharpens iron. D D C.J. Stroud, did you see what he did today? That last drive, the the, the balls that he was throwing, the the, the 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 consistency off his back foot. I mean, I mean, he the kid ain't going nowhere. All right, Jacksonville, take a good look at him. Allow me to reintroduce myself. His name is C.J. Stroud. He ain't going nowhere. He's going to be a he's going to be a thorn in our side for the next five ten years. The good thing is they have a first place schedule, so they'll have to deal with that yeah. now. Uh, you look at the Jaguars, by the way, their opponents have pretty much been set. The Jaguars play the NFC North next year. They're at Chicago. They're at Detroit. Mm -hmm. Remember, the Jaguars have never played on Thanksgiving. They're the only NFL team that's never played on Thanksgiving. They go to Detroit next year. That means they get Green Bay and Minnesota at Everbank Stadium. Obviously, the division games. The Jaguars play the AFC East, and they get the raw end of the deal here. They get New England and the Jets here. They got to go to Miami, and they got to go to Buffalo. And we didn't know the opponents coming into today, but now we do. Second place in the AFC South means the Jaguars get the second place team in the AFC North. That means Jacksonville will play Pittsburgh here in Jacksonville next season. Mm. They're at the second place team in the AFC <clears throat> West, which I believe is the Denver Broncos. So it'll be Jacksonville at Denver and the second place team in the AFC East, Philadelphia. So Jacksonville will go to Philadelphia next year for the uh, Game so, 17, the interconference game. So the Jags go to Miami? Jags go to Miami. Road trip. There you go, yeah. With your guy, <laughs> that's right. With your, We'll go down there and exactly. hang out with your boy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Can right. I go? Absolutely, Coach. All Coach, right. the more the merrier. Well, okay. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm a hurricane. That's right. 641-1010. We're in Mandarin. Let's go to Mandarin. Let's get Harry in here on the fifth quarter. Harry, what do you got? Yeah, one thing is consistent all year. You guys have been great all year long. That's more than I can say for the Jags. I enjoyed you guys. I listen to you all the time. You got a lot of great points. The only thing, the, one of the things uh, Leon talked about, um, attitude and all that. You remember that scrum where they got behind and they all gathered to push the or Tennessee uh, 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 lineman, 31, I forget his name, Williams, I think. And our guys just stood around. We didn't. We didn't help our guy out and push him back. But they, you know, attitude was a big thing today. We didn't have it. They didn't have it. And that's the way it is. 
Harry, appreciate it. Yeah, look, that is an attitude. And well, Tennessee Titans were the tougher football team. Yeah, uh, and the worst one of all of them is a guy that I had a lot of respect for that ran over there on that one, and it was critical. We stopped him right there. We got the ball. We got a chance. He ran over there, number 95. Mm-hmm. Just ran over there and stopped, and then all of a sudden he saw the pile start to move, and then he went in there to try to try to get in there. It was too late. So it, it, it was just not meant to be today, and that's why I say they don't deserve to be yeah. in the playoffs this, this, team, year. this, this team, year. This team played like they wanted to go home. Yep. That's unfortunate. If, if you well, got, they got their I, wish. I, I, yeah, I mean, I mean you, 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 you never want to say that yeah. as a player, as a former player, because toughness, you hold, you hold toughness on the mantle, all right? If anybody questions your toughness, you know, as a football player, you, you, you take it personally. I mean, I'm sitting here watching this game against the Tigers and the Jaguars, and they out-toughed us. We could take phone calls literally all night long. we got time for one more. If you didn't get in, we apologize, but phone lines have been absolutely loaded. Let's go downtown. Let's get Kay. She'll be our final caller, or they'll be our final caller of the year. Kay, what's going on? All right, what's going on? Appreciate you guys. God bless all of y'all, and still uh, have a happy new year. Um, I just want to say this. Trevor's last five starts, zero and five. He had two minutes to prove that he's the generational talent everyone thought he was, the franchise quarterback. In that moment, you got to be Joe Montana. You got to be Dan Marino. You got to be John Elway. You got to be Patrick Mahomes. You got to be Tom Brady. He couldn't do it. Okay. Um, thirdly, even if we did win that game, we probably would have lost at home because the Jaguars act like they're allergic to home. Okay. And, and also, um, I'm looking at a couple significant others on IG account, their IG stories. They're already planning vacation. Tough loss, but – and they're already talking about vacation spots. So, this – a total culture change needs to come next year. We need – it's like we need a disciplinarian, but we got rid of the disciplinarian because he liked lap dancing. And we hired an ice cream guy, and these guys are soft now, it's, and they're ready to go on vacation, and they can't win at home. Like, this is brutal, man. Okay, appreciate the phone call. In fairness, your significant other, when you played, they were probably excited when the season ended too, right? There just wasn't social media back then. No. My, I mean, my wife was just as distressed as I was. Oh, okay. I stand corrected, then. Well, I mean, I, she wasn't planning your Cancun no. trip? I, would, I wouldn't let that happen. I, first of all, you got to sink in. You gotta, <laughs> first of all, you got to sink in. You got to understand, I, I was in the playoffs every year. Now, the most devastating one was in uh, <laughs> the Super Bowl, where I had to relive it twice because I, I, we lost the Super Bowl. I, I went out, and then I woke up in the morning, and I thought, I, had, I thought I dreamt we lost the Super Bowl. <laughs> and then my wife had to tell me it wasn't a dream. It was real. So I lost twice. <laughs> we'll come back. We'll put a wrap on it real quick, Coach. we got 60 seconds. I want to get this in. Black Monday tomorrow. Uh, yeah. Tough day for NFL coaches. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, it's uh, exit physicals and all that kind of stuff. And, it, you know, you, you could say whatever you want. I love Leon. You know, he's, he's one of my favorite guys, period, right? The coaches, the the loss lingers with them longer than it does the players. You know, they're young guys. They're getting out there, and, you know, they they got another year come up. Some of those coaches might be out of there as of uh, not tomorrow, but the next day there may be some guys without jobs. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, you know, it's a rough day. There's no question about it.
We'll come back. We'll put the finishing touches on the season with Dave Campo and Leon Searcy. The Hacker Ryan Green with you. Players Grill Mandarin on San Jose Boulevard. They've been our home for the fifth quarter. We'll wrap it up next. 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Bringing you an extra quarter of football. The window world of Northeast Florida fifth quarter from Players Grill Mandarin. Presented by Dr. George Bari and Bari Orthopedics and Osteen Volvo and Volkswagen on 1010XL. The personal injury attorneys of Farah and Farah present this injury update. Farah and Farah. Jacksonville. Exclusive injury law firm of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And we certainly appreciate Farah and Farah for bringing you the injury report all year. Um, Jaguars were healthy today. They had 21 of their 22 starters from training camp that played in this game. The only one that did not was Christian Kirk. Everybody else was out there. Uh, They were as healthy an NFL team as you'll find week 18, Mm -hmm. and that did not seem to matter as Tennessee gets it done. But, again, thank you to Farah and Farah for bringing you the injury update all year. Final thoughts from players Grill and Mandarin. we got about three minutes to go. Let's begin with the head coach, Dave Campo. Coach, for starters, I just want to say thank you all season long. Second year in a row you've been with us. I can't wait for year three. We'll still have you on, hopefully during the playoffs, on Hacker After Dark, and you'll all be on with prime time. And obviously you'll still be a big part of 1010XL, but thank you for all you've done for this show this year. I appreciate it. I enjoy it. I enjoy uh, being a Jaguar fan uh, as well as uh, being with you guys, Hack. Leon is definitely uh, fun. Graham, our uh, Spielberg over here. (laughs) My final thoughts are going to be two positives. Number one, I truly believe that uh, we would not have uh, had two winning seasons in a row without our quarterback that's here. And I fully expect him to come back next year and do well. The second thing is this is the biggest collapse in in Jaguar history because there haven't been many eight and three starts. So to me, that's a positive, and we got to build on the positive. That's a good way to look at it. Leon Searcy, mm-hmm. this was a lot of fun for a most of it. Yeah. You and I went through one and fifteen. We did. And three and thirteen. We did a lot of awful fifth quarters. Mm-hmm. It was fun for a while, but obviously ends in very unfortunate. Yeah, fashion. it's unfortunate. And, and coach is right. I mean, uh, we're gonna try to spin it positively. This team did start eight and three. They had a major collapse towards the end. But here's what the players have to do on the team now. They look themselves in the mirror. And you have to you have to look yourself in the mirror and you have to do a personal evaluation and ask yourself, did you do enough to help this team win? And guess what the answer is? No. Because you're sitting home. So everybody they, they, you gotta do your checks and balances. Everybody on this team has got to improve. From the coaching to the players to the GM to everybody. All right? I mean you got the the reason why there was so much success in Pittsburgh when I was there is because everybody was held accountable from the general manager to the owners to the guy who folded your towel, all right? If, if you're not about excellence, you're not going to be there. This team has got to have a staple of something. Because I, when I was with the Ravens, I was there for a quick for a quick minute. They had something in there that said, play like a Raven. What, is it, what, what is our staple? Play, what is our staple? What, is it to me, what does it mean to be a Jaguar? Somehow we've got to come up with that, and then the expectations of excellence has got to be embedded in the heads of everybody that walks into that bank stadium is that you got to be a jag. Something. Hey, I like that. Got to be a jag. Something, That's good. Something. Something to where there's a keynote to what you've got to do to get this team over the top. That is the Pro Bowler, Leon Searcy. He is the head coach, Dave Campo. Graham Marsh has been your on-site engineer. R.J. Saunders 
has been with us all we all year long back at the studio. Thank you to Window World of Northeast Florida for bringing you the fifth quarter. We're also brought to you by Dr. George Bari and Bari Orthopedics and Osteen Volkswagen. Thank you to Players Grill Mandarin on San Jose Boulevard for being the host for the fifth quarter here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. We will do it all over again come September for year what will be 11, Leon, for you and I on the fifth quarter. Until then, have an absolutely terrific evening. Jeff Brosser's in studio at 6 a.m. We'll start 16 hours of local programming here on 1010XL at 92.5 FM. Good night, everybody.